<laughs> okay, good morning, everybody. We are on Zion Amud Aleph. We are two, four, six, eight lines, seven lines down. We're just finishing discussing Akarishparku's daily anger. We saw yesterday that Bilam knows the exact seconds, so we're just going to discuss that a little bit more today in two lines, and then we're going to go weiter. The share today should be Okay, so we are now, Gamora saying, <clears throat> just finished saying yesterday, Kosh Baruch gets uh, angry for one split second every day, and Baruch Hashem, he, done, he never got angry during the time of Bilam, because otherwise, coupled with Bilam's curse, at that moment, there would not have been any left of us, Chas V'Shalom. So the Gemara continues, Ve'emas, Rosach, when in fact does HaKadosh Baruch Get angry. During the first three hours of the day. When the crest, when the comb of the um, rooster pales, becomes white and is standing on one foot, and that is the simon that that time, at, at that exact moment, is a Kodesh Baruch Hu anger. So Gemara says, He could stand like that any time of day. He could stand on one leg. We know flamingos stand on one leg all day. The fact that it happened at that one second, good. But maybe it happens other times during the day as well. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. During other times when he's standing on one leg, at least the crest has streaks of red. When it comes completely pale, completely white, then we know, at that exact second, that's the simon. It's not that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, the, the, the Tarnagol makes it like that, it's just that that is the simon. When a Kodesh Baruch Hu is angry for that one fifty-eighth, one thousandth of a second, fifty-eighth, one fifty-eighth, eight hundred eighty-eight thousandth of a second, or an hour, sorry, which we said is one, one sixteenth of a second, that is the sign that we know it's at that second that Kodesh Baruch Hu is Getting angry. The Gemara continues. There was this Saduki. We'll discuss what a Saduki was in a second. There was this Saduki that was living in the neighborhood of Rabbi Shuman Levi. He would always go ahead and bother, harass Rabbi Yeshua Levi with psukim that he would quote. So just to let you know, Sudukim were during the second during the second base Amikdash, Bizman by Shani. There was actually a movement started by one of the Talmudim of Antignosi Socha who was of Perkeyavos fame, and they believed only in the Torah Shabal Shabichtav. They rejected the Torah Shabal Peh, which basically means that they rejected half of the Torah. So they were not full Yidden. And so, for some example, some of the more famous things that they rejected, for example, was they, was they always had Shavuos always fell out on the Sunday because we say Mimacharas Shabbos Tisru Yom. Now we know Shabbos to mean the day after the first Yontif, a day of rest of Pesach. So if Pesach falls out, we said, Lo badu Pesach, Pesach can never fall out on a Monday, Wednesday, or a Friday. But let's assume it fell out on Tuesday. So we know 50 days later, we'll be starting from Tuesday. They all, so it started on a Wednesday, Shavuos. They always said, Machras Shabbos, they didn't learn Tosh about Pesach, they didn't know Shabbos means a day of rest, which can include Yontif. They always observed it from on Sunday, the day after Shabbos. Another example, they abolished the whole mitzvah of Nisuch HaMayim on Sukkot. Since pouring the, right, we have a, uh, we have a Simchas Beis HaShueva on, on Sukkot to commemorate that. They never, since the Torah never explicitly says pour water on the Karbanos on Sukkot, they rejected it. Because it's Torah Shabbat not Torah Shabbat And one of the more famous ones was they always lit, they brought the Ketores 
they put it, the incense on Yom Kippur and they lit it on fire before they entered the Kodesh HaKadoshim. We went ahead and always did it in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, which is why they made the Kohen Gadol swear, if you remember, before the Avodah, they made him swear not to follow the, the uh, formula of the Tzedukim. But we actually, we saw yesterday, the Yochanan went into the Kohen, went to the Kodesh Kadashim to be Makhdi the Torahs. They went and started the process before they went into the, the Kodesh Kadashim. So there were uh, m- multiple examples where the Tzedukim. Was there ever a Kohen that was the that, that, that he may, he may have been. The greatest, one of the greatest Kohanim of all time, Yochanan, who was a Kohen Gadol for 80 years, at the end of his life, became a Tzeduki. Which is why Hillel says in Pirkei Avos, Don't believe in yourself until you die. Because we never believe, we never have trust that you won't, uh, you won't um, uh, falter, you won't cave until the end of your life. Rabbi Yochanan, who was the Kohen Gadol for 80 years, at the end of his life, faltered and became a Tzeduki. So the answer is yes. <coughs> Okay, right there. So the Gemara says, this Tzeduki bothered and harassed Rabbi Shubin Levi regularly. So Rabbi Shubin Levi said, Genik, enough of this. He went ahead and he tied a rooster to his bed. And he said, and he was examining and watching over this, um, this uh, rooster. When that exact time comes, when the, his crest turns a pale white and he stands on one leg, I know Kaddish Baruch was angry, angry, I'm going to curse this Sadduki who doesn't stop harassing me. And then with that extra firepower, that it's a, that exact second that Hashem is angry, the curse will take effect on this Sadduki. Oh. Isn't Kohen Gadol in for life? Isn't it like a permanent position? You, you're there till you die? Okay, but at the end of his life, he changed, yeah. So he changed when? When he was Kohen Gadol? When he was Kohen Gadol. At the very end, which is why we have this whole thing that when, this process, we have to go ahead and swear, make him swear that you're never going to follow the Tzeduki pattern. When that exact second came, when the crest turned white, Nayim, he had already dozed off. He missed, he was waiting all night for that one second, and he woke up and he said, he, he, it passed. This must be a similar from HaKadosh Baruch It's not the way for us to go and take advantage of the second. I was up the whole night. Punked when he returned. I must have fallen asleep for a few minutes. I woke up. I, the time already passed. This must be a similar from HaKadosh Baruch That's not the way for us to go ahead and use that to our advantage. <clears throat> because as after all, the Pasuk says, V'racham avakol masav. HaKadosh Baruch racham is on all of his uh, creations. It's also not good for a tzaddik to exact punishment. So the bottom line is, we should not really be using that to our advantage to, to hurt someone else. At the time that the sun is shining. When all the kings on planet earth, meaning not a Baruch but all the, the regular Basavadam kings are um, b- taking off their crowns and bowing down and worshipping the celestial uh, um, systems, the sun, Miyad gets angry. Okay, there's another uh, little uh, story or a gadata about the cast of a Kaddish Baruch. The Gemara continues. I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Mishum Rabbi Yossi. Tova mardus achas belibo shel adam. Better is a one act of self-discipline that a person exacts upon himself. Yosemikam malkios. 
even more than getting multiple um, punishments of Malkios. What you can benefit from when you do self-introspection, self-discipline, you come to realization on your own that you're doing something wrong that has a much longer a lasting effect than if you're punished from someone externally. Shinemar viridfa es me'avel. You chase those who, uh, who love you. You try to get back with them, but you'll never reach them. And you'll say eventually to yourself, Elcha, let me go, let me go back to my first husband. Who's my first husband? It was better for me then than it is uh, than it is now. Meaning you can try to go to all these deities for help. You can think you're going to get um, relief from them. At the end of the day, you're going to come to the realization on your own that I should go back to my first husband. Who's our first husband? Akash Baruch The Gemara continues. Not just more than a few Malkios, more than a hundred Malkios. So the self-discipline, the self-realization, where you come to this realization on your own that you need to do tshuva and kapara, that is much longer uh, a lasting effect than if someone else forces that out of you. Shnemar, tachas gara, which basically means the humility from rebuke is much more evident uh, in an understanding man than, um, you know, a hundred lashes or a hundred uh, malkos in a fool. So come to realization on your own has a much stronger impact. There were three things that HaKadosh Baruch requested from, sorry, that Moshe requested from HaKadosh Baruch and he was granted. HaKadosh Baruch granted him all three. What are these three things? Moshe requested that HaKadosh Baruch should give, he should be sure he should rest his Shechina upon B'nai Yisrael, and he was granted. When you go walk with us, obviously if HaKadosh Baruch is, so to speak, walking amongst B'nai Yisrael, obviously he was sure Shechina, rested upon B'nai Yisrael, so we see that the first Bakasha of Moshe Rabbeinu was Mekuyam. The second, the second request, at the same time, it wasn't enough that it wasn't enough that Akash Baruch Hu should bring a Shechina, rest a Shechina amongst Bnei Israel, but also the, the converse, that he should not go ahead and rest a Shechina on the, on the Umos HaOlam. Why? And he was granted, we should be separate, we should be distinct. And therefore it means only give us your Shechina and not them. What is the, what's the obvious question here? Why, what's the Havimina to assume that Akash Baruch Hu will give his Shechina to the Umos HaOlam? So, it's brought down that when did, when did Moshe ask this from, from Hashem? Right after the Chet Egel, when Bnei Yisrael were at a low point. So if he's asking this at the time when Bnei Yisrael were at a low point and they didn't have so many milos in their mitzvahs in their, in their corner, so if, he, if HaKadosh Baruch Hu grants it to Bnei Yisrael, he could ostensibly grant it to also the Umas Olam, who also don't have a lot of zechuyos in their pocket. Again, the timing of this request is very telling. It was right after the Chet Egel when Bnei Yisrael were on the low, lower status of, of Kedusha, and therefore he was, he was afraid that maybe HaKadosh Baruch would say, if I'm giving it to you, maybe I'll give it to them as well. Right. Oh. Even more so, wouldn't it? Good. Because he wanted them. What do you mean? Why did he carry? Meaning he he wanted it specifically for. I'm getting the shchina. What do I care that you have? Because then it's not. Maybe it's because I'm libertarian. What do I care? Go ahead. You can have it just. No. Share, share. That's fair. Why? It's not reduced. What does it matter? If 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 everyone is good, there's no bad. If everyone is if everyone has it, then there's no separation. 
There's only good. There's only good in this world if there's bad in this world. If everyone is good, there's no bad. I'm a nifchar. I'm lechus one. All right. Why wouldn't I just be a idolater? I mean, I know. I also get the shkina because Moshe didn't want for another. Okay. Come. Men are no better than women. They have different roles. Chaim have different roles. They keep the shem mitzvahs to get to get the same seat in the front row after one twenty. They do. But he didn't want. If they do their part, they do their part. What? Like why? Why would? Why would we care? Because okay. So, right there. <laughs> All right. Come. We'll, we'll ask questions that are if, for clarity. Otherwise, we'll ask afterwards. Otherwise, we're not going to get anywhere. Okay. So now, so then the third, the third uh, request. Bikesh deal He wanted to know. He wanted to know the ways of a kadosh How kadosh baruch decides who to punish, who to reward. and he was granted shenemar, as it says in the pasuk. Please teach me your ways. So Amar Lefana of Moshe asks Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "Ribono Shalolam Mipnei Ma Yisadik Vitovlo." When we were in Daf Hey, we alluded to this Gemara. If you remember, Mipnei Ma Yisadik Vitovlo Yisadik Viralo. Why do some tzaddikim merit all the reward in this world and so others suffer? Similarly, why Yesh Rasha Tov? There is a Rasha wicked people who benefit, who seem to have all the good, all the luck, and all the fortune. Yesh Rasha Viralo. And there are those Rishayim who do not have any good fortune. So um, the Amrlo, Kodesh uh, Baruch responds to Moshe, Sadik Vitovlo, Sadik Ben Sadik. So it's Sadik who has everything, all the good things happening to him is at Sadik Ben Sadik. His lineage is one of Tzitkus. Sadik Viralo, when good when good people uh, suffer in this world, it's because he's at Sadik, but he's Ben Arash's father. If you look, or his father and his lineage. We're Rishayim. So therefore, he's not a pure tzaddik, and therefore, some bad things happen to him. And therefore, presumably, he's suffering as a result of his, of his uh, ancestors' uh, Averos. Russia Vitovlo, when it comes to a Russia, but good things happen to this wicked person, he's a Russia bin tzaddik. So he's benefiting from the zechuyos of his ancestors, of his forefathers. For Russia, Viralo, it's a Russia bin Russia that's complete rishos through the line, and therefore, there's no... Um, there's no Redeeming factor in his ancestry, and therefore he would get uh, he gets punished. The Pnei Yeshua asks as follows: He says, "Let's try to understand Moshe's question. Moshe's question is: If you told me, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, that all the Risharim get bad and all the Tzadikim get good goodness in this world, I'd understand it. It makes sense. If a Russia gets bad, he deserves it, and a Tzadik gets good things, he deserves it. Similarly, conversely." If you told me that all the Rishayim get good things happen to them, and all the Tzaddikim have bad things happen, I would also understand it. Why? Because the Kodesh Baruch was keeping the good, war, good rewards for the world, Olam Emes, for the world to come, and he wants to use up all the, the few Zechuyos that the Rishayim have in this world, so they don't merit any world to come. The question is, why is it not consistent? Why is it not congruous? Why do you have some Tzaddikim, Tzaddik Vitovlo, and some tzaddik and tzaddik v'ralo. Similarly, why is it split down the middle? Or why is it not 100%, 0%? And why do you have some rishayim that tovlo and some rishayim v'ralo? That was the question of Moshe. It wasn't if it was all one-sided. Either way, it would make sense. We can go in and justify it and validate it. But the fact that some yes, some no, some tzaddik v'ralo, some tzaddik v'tovlo, that's what Moshe had a difficult time comprehending. And that was his question. That is according to the Pnei Yeshua. I mean, to keep people guessing. You have to keep it. Of course. Like, I mean, it's the same. It's the same thing of not having a choice. 
if you knew that, if you if you could see the results, and then you'd logically not have a choice. So to keep people having that choice to get the reward, you have to keep it hidden. Okay. Possibly. Okay. But in any event, he's still, again, we can uh, justify, but we don't really know what Akash Baruch was thinking. So you really want to know what the inner thought process of Akash Baruch was. So, teach me your ways. So Akash Baruch says to him, Omar Ma'ar, <coughs> Akash Baruch responds to him what we just said. It depends on the lineage. Omar Ma'ar, Tzadik Vitovlo, Tzadik Ben Tzadik, Tzadik Viralo, Tzadik Ben Rasha. So you just told me that if good things, if fortunate things happen, befall a Tzadik, it's because of his ancestry. But if bad things happen to a tzaddik, it's also because of his ancestry and lineage. Eni, is it really so? Vaksiv, poked avon avos albanim. But it also says, so a father, Kodesh Baruch will exact punishment on a child because of his father, meaning you are held accountable for your father's averos. But then it also says, in Dvarim, ksiv uvanim lo yusu alavos. Which is it? It says that you will not hold the children accountable for the sins of their fathers. So which is it? There's a steer, there's a contradiction in the Pasuk. We see clearly that these two psukim are at odds with one another. And we learn as follows. How do we go ahead and reconcile this apparent contradiction between the psukim? On the one hand, one Pasuk says we do not hold children accountable for the sins of the fathers. The other Pasuk says <coughs> we do. So it says, Lokasha. It's not really a question. The question is, do they follow in the footsteps of their fathers, of their parents? If they're going to go ahead and learn from their parents the good deeds, then, then they're not punished. If they go ahead and they hold on to the bad deeds, they extract only the negative things that they were taught, that's only punishment. So it's not a steer. It's talking about two different situations. It's not a steer. How does that answer the question? That is the question. No, so it was still, it was, the question, the Gemara is saying that's okay, the question. Okay. So the Gemara says now. How uh, could you tell me that it's Sadiq no, no, and Sadiq? It, okay. Yeah. So Gemara says now. Okay, now the Gemara says if that's the case, so then Akarish um, Baruch basically is saying Sadiq Viralo is. We only say Sadiq Viralo if he's Ochzin Masay Vasem Biadayim. But otherwise. No, sorry. When you don't follow the footsteps of your father, you don't do averos, then Hakadosh Baruch doesn't punish you. So then he's not going to go ahead and give you bad things in your life. He's a tzaddik, but his but he doesn't follow the ways of his Russia of of, of the so, so then he, he has good tovlo. Tovlo, good. But then if he goes ahead and he grabs onto that, then it's tzaddik. He's he's a tzaddik. But still, in other words, again, no one's 100% at Sadiq. He's not 100% Sadiq. That's the point. He's at Sadiq generally, but he's not 100%. So, so he gets a little bit of Averos, a little bit of punishment. Whose perspective is this from? Is this absolute perspective or from the outside looking in? Oh, this is a great question. So this is what we discussed. One of the, so we discussed back on Davhei the different possibilities of Sadiq, Viralo, Sadiq, Vitovlo, right? We said that the, there's a... Pnei Yeshua, remember if you said that the whole thing of Yisru and Shalava... That we said, whether does a Baruch Hu really punish people for not doing any Averos? The Rashi said yes. The Ramban said, Yisurin Shalava means when you do something Bishkaka, when you do something accidentally, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will exact punishment. The Pnei Yeshua 
was bothered by the fact, and many were, that Rashi says you could actually be punished if you didn't do an Avera. So what did Pnei Yeshua say? Pnei Yeshua said there are some Sadiqim in this generation who serve as the carbon, as the scapegoat for the average person. If the average person will really get punished the way that he deserves, they would revolt and rebel and it'd be pandemonium on earth. So therefore you have certain Sadiqim in this world who take, who take one for the team. But we saw another shot is that, I, I forgot who, the name of who, but if what appears to you, to Jack's point, what you think is a tzaddik, who's to say? You don't know what really his machshavos are. Only knows the inner thoughts of us. He knows who's truly a tzaddik. But what happens on the, on, on the outside, it's just to what, the casual observer, he may be a tzaddik, maybe he's not a pure tzaddik. So it's all, it's all in, it's all in um, connection. This still doesn't make sense. He's not a pure tzaddik. He's not a pure tzaddik, but he's overall he's a, he's a good person. Uh, yeah, that's the question. It doesn't make sense. You said tzaddik. The answer is that it doesn't make sense. There's no explanation. It's not an answer. It's, 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 well, bottom line is we don't understand. We don't. Again, we're trying. We're trying to understand it best of our human comprehension. But obviously, this is beyond the scope of human comprehension. That's what makes the kodesh baruch kodesh baruch and us us. If we understood everything, we'd be up there. Correct. Oh, correct. So, Ella Hachi Kamerle, this is really what it means to be. It's not supposed to be. It's a question. You said Sadiq Varalo is Sadiq Ben Russia, but you also said that someone who doesn't follow his father doesn't get punished. So, why is it raw for a Sadiq if he didn't follow what his father did wrong? That's the question. So, the Gemara says, Hachi Kamerle, this is really what a Kashmir meant to say. Sadiq Vitavlo is a Sadiq Gomor. Exactly your question. It bothers you. If he's doing some of the bad things of his father, he's not a pure Sadiq. So, that's what it says. Sadiq Vitavlo, Sadiq Gomor. This is easier for us to understand. Then he's 100% purely righteous. Sadiq Viralo, Sadiq Gomor. But if he's a Sadiq and some bad things happen, it clearly t- testifies to the fact that he's not a pure Sadiq. Russia Vitovlo, if bad things happen to Russia, Russia Shaino Gomor. He's not a full fledged Russia. He has some good merits also. You may not see it, but he's doing chesed behind the scenes. And Russia Viralo, Russia Gomor. Okay. <clears throat> now. I want to get to one piece today. So the Gemara says as follows. It says, He says, no, Moshe was not granted all three requests. He was only granted two. gave Moshe two of them. He did not go ahead and give the third. He did not answer how you can go, how he d- decides who to give punishment to, who to give good fortune to. The Shechina to Bnei Israel, he granted. The Shechina not to give, to withhold from Umas Olam, he granted. This third one, he didn't give. Exactly the problem that we're dealing with. He said, Achas lo says, Moshe, it's not for you to understand. I will have Rachamim on those who I chose to have Rachamim on. Mm-hmm. Even though it may not appear to you that they deserve it, that's not your part of your Cheshman. And I will have Rachmanos and those who I decide to have Rachmanos on. It may not be a formula. It may not be something that you understand. That's what separates man and God. says, The Pasuk says, You will not be able to see my face. Rabbi Shua Ben-Karcha was the son of Rabbi Akiva. They say Rabbi Akiva was bald. Karcha is bald, so they say Yeshua ben Karcha is the son of Rabbi Akiva. This is what Kodesh Baruch said to him. Kisharat Sisi, when I wanted to go ahead and reveal myself to you by the burning bush, Lo Ratzita, you didn't want to be see, you didn't want to uh, see me, because you turned away. Achshav Shatarotza, now that you want to see me, 
Any rotsa, I don't want to. I don't want to. When I offered you, when and it's because it says when Moshe saw of and in Ocala wasn't going ahead and uh, and um, and and being consumed, burning. You looked away. We can see that puzzle saying. By the way, Enenu Ukal, by the way, they say is that Ainukal. Let's get the word Ainukal, that it should never extinguish. Enenu Ukal, the, the um, bush was not consumed. It comes from the word Ain, Ainukal, comes from that, meaning our, our grandchildren, we should always go ahead and be Mechanichlem, so that the, the generations later should never be, uh, never burn out, Chas Shalom. We should always carry the, uh, the Yiddish torch. So, let's just, we're going to see for a second now, it says here that. It says here, Kodesh um, Baruch says, when I, want to see, when I want to show you, you don't want to be seen. So it says here, Los Sucha Panai. Panai. I want to just go off for a second, a, a most amazing piece, Rav Tzadok HaKohen. We saw in, when it says, Kodesh Baruch says, you will not be able to see my face. Okay? It says, you will not be able, Los Sucha Panai. We start, when we did Makos and Dav Zayin, we learned that we need a little background for this, for this piece. The Gemara in Makos Dav Zayin said, that when an aid zomim, an aid zomim, again, just to refresh, <clears throat> is a, not a false witness. It's a very specific type of witness. It's a witness who is giving false wit- testimony on the fact that he was not present at the time at the, when the, that exact event took place that he's testifying on. He's saying, Reuven stole from Shimon. Come along two other aid and said, it's impossible for you to give... Imanu Ayisim and Makamploni. That happened in Boca. And you were in, where's the least popular minion? You were in Zimbabwe, okay? You were in Africa. Where? South Dakota. South Dakota, bro. Okay, so you were in Bismarck. This happened in Boca. You're confusing Boca and Bismarck. That's North Dakota. That's North Dakota? Okay, I just showed my ignorance. That's FYI. Which would be the worst minute. Okay, there you go. Okay, so, perfect. So, Mount Rushmore's in South Dakota. Okay, good. Okay, so I know a little bit. Okay, so... So you were in Bism- you were in a different place. Imanis and Malcomplani. It's not that you're lying that Ruvain stole from Shimon. You couldn't have been there. Good. The Gemara says that if you are found to be an aid zomim in Eretz Yisrael, and these zomim, these Edom zomim, before their punishment is meted out, they run away to Chutz Laaretz, they cannot be retried. They still have the status of an aid zomim. Fakerto, if they were found to be false witnesses, Edom zomim in Eretz Yisrael, sorry, in Chutz Laaretz, and then they escape before the... <coughs> Their uh, verdict is carried out. They can be retried. Mar says, "Why?" And Rashi says, "It's possible that the fact that they're Eretz Yisrael, they'll be found to have a schus. A merit will be found for them, and they won't be found to be Adam Zoman. They'll get off the hook." That's example number one of the special powers of Eretz Yisrael. Case number two, another example. The Mishnah Yivamos Daf Samach Beis says as follows: Samach Dalin says as follows. If a person is married for 10 years to a woman and has no kids, he must divorce her. In, in those times, it means you may take an added wife. Now, since the Chemer Beinu Kersha means you have to divorce her and marry a new wife. Says the, says the, uh, the Mishnah Yivamos, the Gemara there, that, that only, the clock only starts if you're living in Eretz Yisrael. If those 10 years are outside of Israel, you can move to Israel and the clock, clock starts anew. Says the Ramban in Parshas Lech Lecha, Ulai because maybe the fact that you live in Eretz Yisrael will be a zechus, she'll get pregnant. Okay, there's another Gemara in Erechin, I think it's in Daf, let me just review, Daf Lamed Beis. The Gemara there says that no one from the time of Yoshua until the time of Ezra, 
no one went ahead and observed the Chag of Sukkot like Ezra. Meaning, all the way from Yeshua to Ezra. Gemara says, really? Ezra was... David HaMelech, just for example, was between Yoshua and Ezra. You mean David HaMelech didn't observe Sukkot with the, with the Yidin? Gemara says, no. What it really means is that no one davened that Avodah Zorah, the taiva, for, the desire for Avodah Zorah, for idolatry, should be removed like Ezra did. And it doesn't really mean the, the Chag of Sukkot, the holiday of Sukkot, what it really means is a spiritual, just as sukkah, is a physical shelter barrier for us to protect us from the elements, the wind, the rain, the sun. So too, he davened for a spiritual sukkah that we should be protected from the, um, from the um, trappings of Avodah Zarah. So it was, a, it was a spiritual sukkah, a spiritual shelter. Gemara says, why are we starting from Yeshua? What about, why is Moshe off the hook? So the Gemara says, Moshe was not in, never entered Eretz Yisrael. His koach the power of Moshe's tefillah, was not as strong as someone who lived in Eretz Yisrael. Therefore, we start from Yoshua. In other words, the Gemara points, has a tie on every single person, great yet leader who lived from Yoshua until Ezra, that from the time Yeshua to Ezra, no one davened on behalf of, of, of B'nai Israel that the taiva of Avodah should be removed. It starts from Yeshua. The Gemara says, why is Moshe getting a free pass here? Why aren't you including Moshe? Why isn't Moshe on the hook for this? Gemara says, because Moshe never entered Eretz Yisrael. Says Rav Tzadik HaKohen. Rav Tzadik HaKohen, by the way, was Nifter in 1900. Rav Tzadik HaKohen started as an amazing, 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 uh, he's always an amazing mind. He was a Talmud of Rav Leibola Eger, who was the grandson of the famous Rav Akiva Eger. And over the course of his life, Rav Tzadik HaKohen became from a Litvish to a raging chassid, he became one of the leaders of the, of the chassidim, and he completely changed his, his, um, his mahalach in life. Um, that doesn't degrade, it's amazing, it's not bad or good, I'm just saying, it's just, he, he started litfish, became chassidish. He wrote many, many svarim. One of his svarim is called Sitka Satsadik. And he says an amazing thing, based on these, what we just said, the three examples. He says as follows, we just saw three examples of the schuyos of Eretz Yisrael. We saw by Adam Zomin that they cannot be retried from Israel to Chutzlaretz, but they can be retried, and hopefully you find this Chutz, from, from Chutzlaretz to Eretz Yisrael. We saw that the 10 years of a person's marriage does not start on the clock until he's in Eretz Yisrael and is childless. And the third case with Yehuda, with, um, with, uh, with Ezra. The, the, Moshe wasn't able to be followed the same way that Ezra was, or Yeshua was. So he says as follows. He says, Moshe says to HaKadosh Baruch Hareini Nas Kivodecha. Show me, show me what's going on. Show me, not only odiyetz dirachecha, that's the first thing. Now we're talking about the second pasuk. Show me you. So HaKadosh Baruch says, Ki lo yirani ha If you see me, you will not live. It's impossible for you to see me, you will die. Says, Asr Tzadik HaKohen, the following question, I don't understand. The Gemara in Chagiga, Dav Bey says as follows. It says, by the mitzvah of Aliyah we know that three times a year, we have to go up to Eretz Yisrael, to Yushalayim, to Beis HaMikdash. A summa, a blind person, is potter from that mitzvah. Why is a blind person potter from that mitzvah? Because it says, Ali Larego, oh, Kishem Shabaliros, Kachba Leros. Just as you are coming to see Hakadosh Baruch so too you will be seen. But if you can't see, you're a summa, you're blind, you're potter. But the limud is, just as you are coming to see Hakadosh Baruch you will be seen. So, ask for Tzadok Akon, I don't understand. Moshe Rabbeinu asked to see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He was rejected. And every Tom, Dick, and Harry, every regular Yid that comes up to 
based on Mikdash during the Sholosh Regalim, Kishem Shebal Liros, Kach Rose, just as they're going to see Akadosh Baruch they're going to be seen. This doesn't make sense. He wasn't completely rejected. He got he got to see the back. We'll see. That's our next Gemara. Good. But also you can see the presence of Hashem. So that's what so, so Tzadok says. The reason is, is because they're in Eretz Yisrael. Moshe was never in Eretz Yisrael. Since Moshe was never in Eretz Yisrael, he wasn't Zochet to what the average person was Zochet to because that's in the fact that they were in, doing Aliyah Laregel in Yerushalayim. He says, if Gemara Brachos, we'll get to in a few months, and Daf Memches says as follows. He says, who made the first bracha of benching, says Rav Tzadok, was Moshe because of the man. The second bracha at Eretz Yisrael was made by Yoshua. Hazan Sakol. Hazan Sakol was the first bracha. That's in the third person. Hazan Salam Kulo Bituvo, in his greatness. Who knows in Lechem Lechobasar? Kililam Chazdo. Everything's in the third person. Yoshua, who wrote the second bracha, you ever wonder? Al Shanchalta, Lavusain, Eretz Chandavacham, Shirasisa, everything's in the second person. Says Rav Sadok. Yeshua authored. Everyone wonder why it's third person and second person? One, one paragraph later. Says Rav Sadok, Yeshua authored the second paragraph. Etzim, the fact that he was in Eretz Yisrael, it by definition brought him to a closer relationship to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The first bracha authored by Moshe Rabbeinu, says the Gemara in Brachos Memches, Moshe authored it, but because he was never entered Eretz Yisrael, there was some artificial barrier between him and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So the first bracha is in the third person. The second bracha, authored by Yeshua, Yeshua led Bnei Israel into Eretz Yisrael. He had that schus of being in Eretz Akadosha. He was zochet to write the second bracha in, in second person, which is obviously closer than third person. Amazing. That's why Rashi holds that the, it's, Eretz Yisrael is the major theme oh, of benching. Beautiful. As opposed to, uh, as opposed to beautiful, beautiful. Is that not an amazing thought? It gets better. Yeshua Tachtel was a was a um, lived during the, the Shoah, and he was a, he he held the prevalent view at that time that uh, many of the uh, of the Gdolim of Europe held at that time that uh, Zionist movement is, uh, is is not good. During the Shoah, he completely ch- uh, did an about face, and he wound up writing a sefer Eimah singing all the virtues of Eretz Yisrael and to promote Zionism and to promote movement. He quotes in his Hakdam, in his Sefer, the introduction to his Sefer, Eber on Smecha, he says that the Alta Rebbe, Shneer Zaman of Liadi, was freed on Yotes Kislev, that's his date that he was freed from jail, I think in 1798, 1898, 1898, 1898, he was free, no, 1798, 1798, he was freed from jail, and he says the reason he was freed, he quotes, was it 1798 or 1898, let me tell you in a second, I wrote down the year because I never remember years, he says 1798, 1798, he was freed, and he says he attributes, he doesn't know why he was freed from jail, says the Alter Rebbe, he thinks it has to do with all the Yidin returning to Eretz Yisrael, that's what he, and he quotes that, for Eretz Yisrael for charities, and they thought he was a spy with the Turkish Empire. Okay. The, the Russian, you know, you the definitely Russian. know more about the Alter Rebbe than I do. There's no question. <laughs> so, so I'll take your word for it. So, um, it's not even like Wikipedia, but we'll trust you. <laughs> so, I so. Just posted <clears throat> in the group the five levels of Sadiqim and Benini. And oh, good. Thank you. Thank you. So, he says, I need to find, 
Tachtel says, I need to find a makar. Where's this makar for Eretz Yisrael? So he, the, he quotes, it says, the Pasuk says, V'afes brisi Yaakov eskor, V'afes brisi, V'afes Yitzchak eskor, V'afes brisi Avram eskor, V'ha'aretz eskor. Says Rav Tachtel, do you know where it is? We know that Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov all have zuchuyos, but it says V'ha'aretz eskor. He says in the Sefer, Emram Smecha, that is the makar, that all these zuchuyos that we just mentioned, <coughs> that even the, <coughs> the land itself, Eretz Yisrael, has these zuchuyos. And it's because of this, this postage that grants the Zechuyos that we just saw all those three Gemaras, and we saw also the fact that the, the Sadiq Kohen says the difference in benching, it's an unbelievable insight. The diff- every time you bench now, it should never be the same benching. It should never be the same benching. It's, it, it, you're moving from third person to second person. You understand the history behind it now, it's amazing. So we should be Zoha to, uh, to have in mind these amazing things as we continue to go ahead and do mitzvahs every day. Have an amazing day. We'll pick up tomorrow. By the way, as, as, uh,